It gives me great pleasure to have this opportunity to preach the word of God to the people of God and to have my big sister and my niece with me this evening and my former teacher, now friend, with us this evening as well. So I'm, I'm grateful. Pray with me if you would. Father, it's in the sweet name of Jesus that we say thanks for this time and opportunity to lift your word. We ask God that you would bless them both. I've done what I know to do in terms of study, but God, without your anointing, I'm a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And so I ask you to bless this time together, that these, your people, might know that they can do all things through you. It's in the strong name of Jesus the Christ that we give you thanks. Amen. Amen. You've heard the reading from our, well, my, now my other sister just walked in. <laughs> You've heard the reading from our Old Testament text from Numbers 13 and then the New Testament text from Matthew's Gospel found in the 18th chapter. And so I want to tag as a topic to this message, we can do this. Have you ever asked yourself the question, what am I doing here? When others around you seem to be moving forward, accomplishing, achieving, and pushing ahead, have you ever wondered why you haven't made the progress that you wanted, planned, and strategized to make? What am I doing here is a reality-facing question. The late Linda Hollies, a well-known author and Methodist pastor, says it's an existential problem that shows up whenever we begin to challenge our presence in a situation or a circumstance. It becomes a prayer. God, help me understand what I'm doing here. It becomes this prayer where it's a petition for comprehension for your sits and labor and your, or your situation in life. I know some seminarians know what I'm talking about. It's a plea for the grace to move out of a certain space. It's an expression of a persistent need for divine intervention to assist us in getting up, get going, and moving on. I think everybody in this room has some idea of what I'm talking about. I can tell you from my own personal experience that life has been so overwhelmingly powerful at times that my only response was to sit. There are times in all of our lives that we have to deal with unexpected calamities, unforeseen disappointments, prolonged dreams, love affairs gone wrong, and children who won't stay gone. <laughs> And any one of these attacks on us can cause us to stagnate, to vegetate, ruminate, or just plain sit. We sit and try to figure out how to move, but we can't. We sit and try to muster up some strength, but we don't. We sit and want to ask somebody for some help, but we won't. We sit and begin to be analytical about why we can't move. We sit and blame others for our situation and decide that it really isn't our fault, Deborah, that we don't move. We just sit. We say that we are waiting for the right time to come, but it never does. So we sit. Our inability to get up, get started, and get finished what we started is legendary as we recall the many unfinished projects that we've begun. There are many letters and cards that I thought about writing, but they're still in the pack. When this occurs, we, rem we must remember who we are and whose we are. 
We are children of the Most High God, and nothing is impossible with him. In Numbers 13, verse 30, Caleb silenced the people and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we can certainly do it. I'm sure some of you are saying, certainly do what, Lisa? I stopped by this evening to tell you, you can certainly conquer the things that are hindering your next move in God. You can certainly take back the things that the enemy has stolen from you, and you can certainly gain possession of everything that God has promised you. But you have to get up and start to move towards that place. And then you must know who's on your team. Moses sent out 12 men to spy the land and they were about to, that they were about to possess, but 10 came back saying it couldn't be done. Two came back with the confidence and faith that if God was on their side, that they could certainly take possession of the land. But the 10 didn't see themselves as conquerors, they saw themselves as grasshoppers because they were afraid. Now we all know that 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says that God did not give us the spirit of fear, but a, a spirit of power and of love, a well-balanced mind, discipline, and self-control. We all showed up in this room this evening as willing vessels in the body of Christ, and we continue to show up because we serve an awesome God who is able to do exceeding and abundantly above anything we can imagine, but it's according to the power that works in us, the faith that we all have. And so we sit wondering and waiting what God is going to do next, and God is waiting to see what we're willing to do. I declare in the strong name of Jesus that you will no longer be under the influence of procrastination. Procrastination is just a distraction stealing your time. You know, I believe we chase distractions because we're trying to wrap our heads around the things that God is calling us to. We have a hard time believing that God would entrust the concerns of his people or the people who are lost and broken. We can't believe that God would trust us enough to do that because we know us and so we think God sees us as we see us. Uh, and so God wants us to be his hands and feet in the earth realm. We can't believe that God will call us to do anything because we know what we did last week. I know y'all thought I was going to say years ago, last week. Richmond Hill, we've got work to do. We can't see ourselves as a grasshopper when we look in the mirror. We must begin focusing on what's going on around us and say to ourselves that we are more than conquerors because the region is waiting for us. We've got too many things we're believing God for to think that we can't conquer them. We can do this. We can take a stand for health care disparities and the disproportionate number of people of color being affected due to the games being played by politicians. We can do this, Deborah. We must continue praying for nurturing and praying for our families and nurturing marriages. We can do this. We can focus on our children from ALP and Micah. We have to keep finding a way for the communities and schools to come alongside our children to make room for those who lack direction all over the place and be about their overall safety and well-being. We can do this, Richmond Hill. We will continue to speak out against racism and sexism and ageism and any other isms that separate and exclude any demographic of people. We will continue to serve the community as directed by the Lord. Saints, we've come a long way, but we've got a long way to go. We've come through a global pandemic, so I know we can do this.
but we have to do it together. The prophet Amos asked in his third chapter of the Bible, how can two walk together except they agree? And then Matthew said in the 18th chapter, again truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done by my Father in heaven. We've got to come together as the body of Christ, praying, touching, and agreeing, and believing that God hears our prayers. This evening I want to encourage you to be that to encourage you to be counted in the number of people who are ready to go in and possess the land. What land, you might ask? The land that you know has been promised to you and your ancestry. The land I speak of is the land of business ownership, the land of home ownership, the land of raising a healthy family, the land of being the lender and not the borrower, the land of being the head and not the tail. We can't get stuck in bondage to any adversarial situations because we see ourselves as grasshoppers. When we serve an all-loving, all-powerful, all-knowing God who told us in Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the plans I have for you. I love the message translation. Eugene Peterson says, I know what I'm doing. I got a plan to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future and an expected end. We need to find the enthusiasm and determination of the 60s where people stood for something, where we fought for what we believed in, where we came together as a community. We know we can do this because we keep coming back together as a community called Richmond Hill. And we wouldn't if we didn't think we were going to be successful. At some point in time, we must have all said to ourselves, we must not and cannot depend on anybody else to see that this kingdom business gets done. And so we've come together with a common vision, a unified focus, put our personal agendas on the back burner, and we're fighting for the cause of a larger people, which brings us in here, in here this evening to, to recommit to doing the work of kingdom. It is truly because of God's mercy that we are not consumed. So I dare not stand here and act like there haven't been times when I didn't trust God. Can I get any real folk to just admit that I'm not the only one in the room who have had a moment when they didn't trust God? That there has been a time or two that you know God told you something, but the things that were going on in your life didn't look like God even knew your name, let alone your situation. So you find yourself thinking like the ten spies, even though the Israelites had experienced uh, had had an experience with God since their departure from Egypt and God had told them that he was completely trustworthy they felt like God was asking them to do something that seemed impossible but our God specializes in things impossible am I preaching to the right crowd or am I just talking to myself when God does it we get an Ephesians 3:20 result God does above and beyond anything we could ask, think, or imagine. Come with me for a moment to the scriptures found in the 18th chapter of Matthew's Gospel. Jesus made three promises in three verses. I'm going to say them and I'm going to sit down. I know, I know it's not good grammar, but it's good theology. My former pastor would say, wake up and write this down. There's a promise of providence. There's a promise of provision. And there's a promise of presence. Walk with me. In verse 18, there's a promise of God's providence. The scripture says that certainly, that means he's in control. That means that you don't have an option. Certainly, he will bind whatever we bind. 
So whatever we bind on earth, he will bind in heaven. And whatever we loose on earth, he will be loosed in heaven. What does that mean, Lisa? That means we have the authority to bind sickness, to bind poverty, to bind perversion, to bind anything in the earth realm, which means God cares enough for us to bind the hands of the enemy in the heavenlies. And we are able to call forth healing and, and prosperity and peace of mind in this earth realm, which means he, he will loose it in the spiritual realm. Remember Second Chronicles 20 and 17 says that the battle isn't ours. It belongs to the Lord. So stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Take authority and, and walk in God's providence. And then in verse 19, there's the promise of God's provision. Joel, it says that if any two of us, not just the rich, not just the in crowd, but any two of us would agree on earth concerning anything we ask, Jesus said, not Lisa, but Jesus said, if we ask it believing that it will be done for us by the Father in heaven, but we must ask in faith. If I don't believe he's going to do it, why bother to ask? G.K. Chesterton says, a man who has faith must be, must be prepared to not only be a martyr, but to be a fool. Bruce Wilkinson tells a story like this about a, a man named Dr. Bob Foster. Bob was a Canadian citizen, but had grown up in Africa and believed that God called him to be a medical missionary. But being from a missionary family, he had one major hurdle, he was broke. Even so, God convinced him that he was calling him to be a doctor. Bob persevered and applied and, and the principles of faith he had seen his parents put into practice as missionaries. At 17, Bob completed his application to medical school. He asked the Lord to supply the fee. He waited and waited and waited some more. But Kristen, not one dollar came. As the second hand ticked closer to the deadline hour, Bob decided to just submit the application minus the fee. Standing in the line at the university, he shoved his hands down into his empty pockets and wondered where he would get his fee. He knew God had called him to be a missionary doctor. Even though two fingers were crushed while working at a shipyard that summer trying to earn enough money for his registration and tuition fees, God allowed his fingers to be partially saved. So in Bob's head, that was proof that God wanted him to continue pursuing his dream to become a doctor. But as the line moved forward, Bob grew anxious. If he only had $450, what's your name, the registrar asked as he stepped up to the desk, Robert Livingston Foster, he said. He answered nervously as, she watched, as he watched her fingers run down a list of names, then looked up at him again and said, your bill has been paid. I don't know who this is for, but let me remind you, your bill has been paid. Jesus paid it almost 2,000 years ago on, ago on a hill called Calvary. But the difference for you and, and from Bob is that it's good for more than one year. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. And that's a lifetime guarantee. So there's a promise of providence, a promise of provision. And finally, in verse 20, there's a promise of God's presence. The scripture says that where two or three are gathered together in his name, that he would be in our midst. 
I thank God he didn't count it robbery to not be with us this evening. COVID has taught us that the church building is not the determining factor, but our belief and faith is all we need to, and all we need to do is touch and agree with one another and believe that we can move mountains. Can you imagine what we could do if we really band together? Can you only imagine what would happen if you would connect your gifts with your sister or your brother who's sitting next to you and you both make a commitment to get ministry done? I'm grateful for the visionaries who started Richmond Hill, but it's now up to us to be the committed folks to get ministry accomplished so we don't have time to see ourselves as grasshoppers. We have to stand in agreement that we are more, all more than conquerors. Saints, we've got to continue to pray. We've got to be diligent in our prayer lives. We've got to pray and believe that God can do anything. But he's going to work through us. We can do this. But we can't do it alone. We've got to call on the name of Jesus and lock arms with one another if we want to see any changes in our lives and in our community. Mahatma Gandhi says, become the change you want to see. You may be afraid, but do it anyway. The word says that if we ask anything in the name of Jesus, he is faithful to reward those who diligently seek him. Aren't you glad we can stand on the promises and not just on the premises? Aren't you glad to know that you're not in this fight alone, even if it's just two of us? Jesus has already promised that he would be in our midst. So are you Joshua and Caleb, or are you one of the ten? We can do this. We can take back our communities. We can do this. We can take back our schools and educate our children without compromising our integrity. We can do this. We can develop, nurture, and encourage each other. And the beauty is we don't have to do it alone. We can touch and agree with one another. More than that, we can call on the name of our God and know that he is on our side. And I'm going to Lisa rise this, and if God be for me, what difference does it make who's against me? We know we can do this because Philippians tells us that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Do like the scripture says and cast all your cares on God because God really does care for you. So whatever your this is, you can do it. We can do this because we've got God on our side. And when you feel like you can't make it, trust that God can do it through you, whether you want to or not. Amen. <laughs>